Hello everybody, FPL Teacher here, rounding up the reviews with West Ham 2, Bournemouth 0. Kurt Zuma owners, congratulations. Really, it's been a long time coming, but West Ham set piece finally came good as they beat a resilient Bournemouth 2-0 and we shall see what both sides employed in order to attract investors and tweak our strategies and shape our strategies moving into the final three game weeks before the World Cup. West Ham's 4-4-2, once again only in theories with Skamaka and Bowen up front, tried to play Flynn Downs on the right wing and Ben Rama on the left, but realistically Flynn Downs' roaming position took centre stage as they eventually morphed into a 4-2-3-1 that was relatively narrow with only Ben Rama out wide. So really the four islands of players I'm talking about here. Number one is the relatively reliable 4-2 block that West Ham have in defence. Secondly. Up front, Ben Rama, Rice and Cresswell on that left-hand side really attempted to dominate the space of Bournemouth. Number three, of course, Jared Bowen is alone on that right side and he's occasionally joined in by Johnson, the right back. And lastly, Skamaka up front, strangely, has been joined by Thomas Suchek quite often into the box as West Ham put in cross after cross. West Ham currently employing a so-called cross and chaos method where a lot of the ball goes to their fullbacks and they just cross the ball into the box see who picks up the second ball and take a multitude of shots from there crosses from the right side generally favored ben rama downs and cresswell all on the red all on the left side who waited for the second ball to shoot from range and at the same time whenever the ball crossed from the left it would be suchek waiting alongside Skamaka on the right side to benefit. This approach ultimately faded out as the half went, especially going into the second half because of Zuma really securing the result and the mission statement for West Ham in the second half. So really, what we are looking out for is how West Ham behave when they are 2-0 up. The answer is that Skamaka will drift left and right as usual to create space to receive the ball as an outlet just as Dominic Solanke did, which we will cover later. But at the same time, the question really comes down to who fills his space. So when Mitrovic vacates his central forward role, it is Andreas Pereira who sprints up into his position. And in this particular case, Ben Rama's positioning becomes extremely valuable for FPL purposes. It is the idea here that Skamaka and Banrama constantly switch positions and interchange their runs that really created a lot of Banrama's output in the second half, albeit from really poor XG locations. But who knows, right? I mean, all it takes is a good goal from range and Banrama could certainly get a streak going with two home games up next. Benrama had four shots, four between the 52nd and the 69th minute, all basically in tandem, runs made in tandem with Skamaka itself. Now a quick word has to be mentioned on West Ham's defence, who once again played relatively sound with their 4-2 block, only conceding space when Bournemouth brought on all their wingers. So West Ham still will be prone to the double up here. And the good news is that Fabianski is currently saving everything below 0.10 xG as the likes of Lerma, Anthony and such all had shots on target but really did not trouble 
Fabianski until way, way, way late in the game. Bournemouth now start starting to have a slight identity crisis between a 4-2-3-1 that they usually love compared to a 3-4-2-1 or a 3-5-2 really depending on how you look at it based on Billing's position. The question comes down to how they handle games away from home because at home they have a relatively firm identity with each player knowing which space they want to attack. But away from home here, a back four of Smith, Senesi, Memphis, and Fredericks really is a side that can be attacked. Number one, not because of Jefferson Lerma's positioning, but because of how they shift from attack into defense. So Bournemouth right now, even though they attack like a 4-2-3-1, they require a lot of bursts from midfield. A lot of players such as Billing, Christie and Solanke all rely on dribbles into the final third and that means that they vacate a lot of space behind them with none of the central midfielders really working hard to cut out the space they leave behind. Now this also means that Bournemouth's best attacks right now all stem from these dribbles where the players move out of position and from the right wing itself, Ryan Fredericks is starting to become a force albeit subbed off early here. But that right flank continues to generate chances for Billing and Solanke who have the tendency to drift towards the left as both players are relatively better when they operate on the left side. This section is going to be relatively quick simply because number one, Bournemouth do not have many away games left. They have two home games in their next three. Secondly, their plan A here was almost non-existent because it was individually based. So really we are looking at how Bournemouth at home perform up next. At this stage, because Bournemouth have two home games in four, they come up against sides that are relatively fragile down the flanks, namely Leeds and Everton. Well, perhaps Spurs post-Europe might present a similar case too. But as it stands, there are no particular wingers that played in this game that looked extremely incisive bar the substitutes. Now this is where things get really interesting because of how they can perform away from home. And it is this natural ability of players that will venture into the final third that really were the heroes of their championship campaign. Jaden Anthony introduced in the 57th minute alongside Jordan Zamora for the first teamers brought about a new injection of pace and it took them about half an hour to get going but really it was in the final 10 minutes where we saw them take shots if not create chances for each other so they are certainly worth the watch list and if they come up with the goods against Leeds they will be certainly a fantastic enabler to have for a one week punt against Everton in the game week before the World Cup. So the strategy here really is to target players who perform well against Spurs the next week, especially whoever performs out wide because Spurs right now have a relatively small injury crisis and post-Europe, it really remains to be seen who will actually man the flanks for Spurs. With Emerson Royale there, it's more certainly that whoever thrives on that left flank between Anthony and Zamora will likely sparkle in the Leeds and Everton games. Having painstakingly reviewed all of the matches this game week, it has to be said that across the board, a lot of teams are shifting strategies even though they only have three game weeks left prior to the World Cup. So 
it really goes to show that the Premier League, number one, is such is operating at such a high standard that you have to create something different in order to stay ahead of the curve, even though it risks results. Secondly, it's also really admirable to see how a lot of teams can switch strategies mid-game. And it this is where FPL really thrives because we don't concern ourselves with minutes anymore. We concern ourselves with creative or goal threat based on different strategies because they are so contrasting now between before and after the 60th minute. This is FPL Teacher Speaking, coming up with the threads and such for and more exclusive stuff for Patreon subscribers this week itself.